Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 25 of the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, and I'm joined by my co-host, Bethany Walmack. Thank you, Charlie, for having me. It's the first Monday of October. It's October 5th. If you're listening to this when it comes out, the first day of WEFTEC. Yay! (laughs) A lot of fun things happening this week, and we're happy that you decided to start your week off with us. We're uh, excited that you're here. Thank you for choosing us. Please do us a favor and leave us a rating and review that helps us show up on those podcast platforms. Like every week, we're going to cover social media updates, preview the news from empowering pumps and equipment, and connect you with an industry influencer. But it's tradition, so before we start, tell me about your week, Charlie. I had an awesome week. I just remembered something that I did this week that I forgot to tell you, Bethany. I had to go and be pre-recorded, like I made a lot of people do over the last couple of months. And I had to read off a teleprompter. And I would just tell you, <laughs> that is not easy, especially for somebody who kind of likes that live environment and, and changing the words and everything. So yeah, that's what I did. It was a challenge, but it was super exciting and fun. And we did it. And it took a couple takes, but we, we made it through. I imagine you doing that is like me having to be photographed, like going and doing family pictures where I'm in front of the camera. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know. What do I do with my hands? Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Um, And I knew, you know, I hadn't done it before, so I needed to do it to kind of face those fears. Uh, I would say that the podcast probably helps me a little bit, you know, like this is what we're prepared to say, Charlie, don't go off the script. Okay. (laughs) I run a tight ship for anyone who's wondering out there. She's a great (laughs) producer. Sarah and director. So, okay. So I, I had a great time. We had our meetups, you know, and, and anytime that I get to see new people and interact, I love that. So I did go to a couple of planning meetings for events for 2021 and a couple actually virtual events or hybrids, if you will, for the end of this year. And so, you know, that energizes me. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel to getting back and being in person with, with people. So I'm excited about that. Uh, What about you, Bethany? How was your week? Well, on Monday morning, I woke up and I went outside and it was fall in the air. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what happened, but I'm so thankful for it. I'm in Houston and it's been a glorious week. I've spent so much time outside with my kid, my husband and our dogs and it's just, it feels rejuvenating and I feel like I'm jinxing myself a little bit, uh, say, because it's going to get hot again. It always does, but for this week, it's been really great, and I had tons of fun on our meetups with you as well, and I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I know. You probably don't know, Charlie, because you aren't in the know, but my <laughs> Texas Aggies are traveling to Tuscaloosa this weekend. Yes, they are. To play, play a little football game. Roll Tide. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we got big plans for the weekend to grill some burgers and and have a fun, non-stressful time watching that game. Send me your condolences or congratulations on Monday, everyone that's listening to this, please. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Before we get into the heart of the show, I 
wanted to make sure that everyone listening to the show has gone and gotten their digital edition of Empowering Pumps and Equipment. It came out on October 1st. We're really proud of it. We want everyone to make sure they take the time to sit down and read through it. Yeah, and we'd like to know what you think of it. Um, you know, we, of course, we love our product. Sienna's done a great job putting it together. And I wanted to just point out a special section within the magazine. Uh, it's called Knowledge Shared. So it's in the digital magazine. We also have been doing the video series that kind of plays along with that. But this is filled with technical articles, a lot of articles from our partners. So useful content that will absolutely help you in your businesses or, you know, to troubleshoot problems and, and solve things. So we want you to take a look at that. We have put the link in the show notes to that section of the magazine. So let us know what you think. Okay. What do you say we just jump right on in and let's get social? Okay, let's get social. This is a segment where we are going to fill you in on a trend or let you know something new that's happening in the industry on social media. And I promise you we're delivering on that today. Yes, we are. But before we do that, let's invite everybody to our virtual meetups next week. October 14th at 2 p.m., we're going to have our empowering pumps or empowering brands, however you want to say that. We're empowering our industry on that Wednesday. Also, we have the empowering women meetups normally, but this time we're not going to have an event because we want to be there and support the Grit Awards. That's going to be Tuesday, October 13th. It's Allie and Pink Petro putting on the Grit Awards. And as as an ally with them, uh, we definitely want to support Katie and her team over there. Also, while we're here talking about getting social, like we mentioned earlier, it's WEF Tech Week. Make sure you go back and check out the preview episode for WEF Tech that we did with President-elect Lynn Broadus. And... Just a reminder, you know, ways you can stay social during the event. You can use the hashtag, hashtag WefTech. When you're posting on social media, you could take a screenshot of your schedule that you planned out and put it on social media. And remember to make sure and fill out your profile on the app so that everyone can go find you and we can interact with you during the event. I'm really excited about that. So I hope everybody that's listening will connect with me. I will be super happy about getting those notifications from people connecting. So we want to make sure that as you're preparing for WebTag, that you do take time and watch our partner preview videos as well. Becca interviewed five of our partners uh, that will be participating in WebTag. And those videos are on our YouTube. And also we've shared them throughout our social channels. The partners that we have are Homa Pump, Surumi, Crane Pumps and Systems, ABB Motors, and ABB Drives. I thought these videos were so cool and was just a really neat way that our company responded to going virtual. Normally at trade shows, we do these Facebook lives where we're walking around the trade show floor and we're talking to our partners and we knew that we weren't going to be having a trade show floor. And so Becca was like, hey, let me do these videos with these companies. And it's just been really fun to see the interaction and see what these companies want to talk about when they're talking about their experience and how they're prepping for WEF tech. And yeah. So. And I also, Bethany, I really like to see the chemistry between Becca and her, her partners or clients. It, it just shows that they are a team and working together to really make them shine. So I really enjoyed that. And just kudos to Becca for being their partner and extension of their marketing teams. Okay. Our main story for Let's Get Social today is to talk to you about something new in social media, 
hot off the press, LinkedIn has made stories available to its users. So you might be familiar with stories if you've used them on other platforms like Instagram or Snapchat, but Sienna wrote a quick article for Empowering Brands that I'll make sure to link in the show notes that reports on LinkedIn's announcement and their vision for the mechanic and how they expect people to use it. And really, before we get into the meat of it, we just want to caveat this and say, it's something new. It's a new option that LinkedIn is offering. We're just learning this aspect of LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn's still working out some kinks from things. And these are just, you know, our first reactions, our feedback as thought leaders in social media, in the pump industry. Look at you, Bethany. I love it. T- talking us up as thought leaders. I, we are. So let's let's do this. Let's talk about what the stories are, first of all. Short pieces of visual content. The maximum amount is 20 seconds. So you don't have to be that you know creative here. We're talking 20 seconds. It shows up at the top of the app and it lasts for 24 hours. Similar, like you said, to Instagram, Facebook, or Snapchat, these, these are the stories. So short, creative, very engaging posts that you can do, but they don't stay around, right? So you can, it may be a little messy. Um, you may just be trying to capture the moment and, and sharing that. So I really love stories. They're one of my favorite parts of Instagram. And I think being able to, you know, tag people and, and things like that on LinkedIn is, is going to come as a valuable tool. Agreed. So some of the limitations that we're currently seeing with the stories compared to stories in other platforms is as of right now, LinkedIn stories are only available. You can only post them. You can only view them from the app version of the platform. So you have to have the app downloaded on your phone and you have to do this from your phone. So it's really created to be like an on-the-go tool to share things with. Other limitations is that you can't share a post to your story. Uh, You'd have to take a screenshot and then post that story as your LinkedIn story. They're really still working out the launch in my mind. So we hope, right? We hope they're still working on it. Right. For example, Charlie and I are both admins on a couple of our empowering pages and the app isn't showing us the availability to post to our pages yet, but we can do it to our personal accounts. And so that's what we're doing and that's what we're working with. And then I really think as LinkedIn rolls this out to more of its users, we'll see updates to the app and we'll see updates and then work out some of these kinks. Yeah. So let's talk about the uses for these LinkedIn stories. Our thoughts on what you can use them for are the Q&A sessions with thought leaders like ourselves, right? <laughs> Post a question uh, in your LinkedIn and then say, you know, we'll be answering these questions at a certain day or time. This allows people to use a video to talk to their audience or give, you know, short, digestible answers to their questions, right? So I think this is really great. And I think, you know, anytime that we can tag somebody in our network, um, and, or mention them, however you describe it there. I think it's mentioned within this particular stories app. Um, so mention those people that you want their feedback. And, and that's a way that we can use that tool. The next way I really see myself using the tool is to do event coverage or behind the scenes kind of real time updates. So if you're 
working for your company and you have an event that's going on, you're attending WefTech, um, you can take just quick snapshots and share what things look like behind the scenes. So for example, I'm going to be taking this next week a few behind the scenes pictures of like how we record the podcast, pictures of of me at my cluttered desk with a microphone. And so you can see those kind of things. And the great thing is like it's a short-lived piece of content. So it's a great way to show your more human side to your company and the work that you're doing. It doesn't have to be perfectly polished. It's like, hey, this is us doing the work and it's fun and we love our jobs. So yeah, and I agree with you. It's a great opportunity with WefTech being this week to try it out and get in front of some of those water, wastewater professionals, tag a few of the speakers when they're doing a good job and let them know it. Uh, I think it'll be an excellent opportunity. The one thing I wanted to talk about is how you could use it for a brand announcement or product news. Uh, we actually did that this week where we ha- you know, have the digital edition that went out. We also have our media kit that's uh, available. So we shared it on our stories to get additional eyes on it. And then we shared information, you know, and request. I don't know if I've requested feedback yet, but I think that that's something that I need to do is, you know, request what people think about um, and just... I love the way that people can reply to you though. Bethany, you replied to my story this week and it comes to comes to my device, you know, easily manageable, right? Not like 15 different notifications and five emails or anything like that. So I enjoyed uh, that part of it as well. Yeah, I had posted a story when we were planning this podcast. And I'm like, hey, is anyone seeing my LinkedIn story right now? Reply to me and say say what you think about the LinkedIn stories. And Rob from Rob's Reliability Show sent me a message and was like, hey, I see it and gave me the little wave emoji back. And I was like, okay, this is great. This is a start. We can kind of see how this mechanism is going to work. And then also in your stories, you can see who has viewed them. So it's your, your connections, people who follow you can view them, but you can actually see which ones. And when I could see which ones, one of the people who viewed my story was Mike Drozjak, who he's retired now, but he was on the Turbo Advisory Committee for the Texas A&M Turbo Show when I worked there. And I really enjoyed working with him. I haven't talked to him in years. And just he saw my LinkedIn story. I was like, how cool is this? A little connection with a former colleague was great. Okay. So The big thing we want you to take away from this is why we think you should be using LinkedIn Stories right now. This is your opportunity to be an early adopter. Right now, there are not very many people doing it. So if you're doing it and people open the app, they're going to see your face and your story at the top of their app. Like, for example, when I open mine right now, I only see four stories that people have posted. And Charlie's one of them. Gina Simpson is one of them. And Maisel from Flipping the Barrel. She's another early adopter to all this technology. And it's, you know, an easy way for you to be in front of your connections. Um, And also, you know, it's it's a way to show that you're your personal brand and that you're a thought leader buzzword for today in social media. And you know what? They go away in 24 hours. So really the risk is really low. So just do it. Right, Charlie? I absolutely agree. It's great to be an early adopter. You can, you know, be an influencer for others. Uh, And I think it's important. We need to figure out how to use this. If it's going to be something that people are using and our competitors are using, then we want to make sure that we're ahead of it and learning it. And then, you know, be able to utilize it the best way we can. One thing that you did say that kind of 
uh, got my attention was focusing on your personal brand. And right now, LinkedIn, you know, you can only mention personal brands that I have seen. So let's take advantage of that. What does it mean to put your personal brand out there? You know, what are you passionate about? What do you want to post and and kind of represent yourself with? Uh, I think that's some thought that we need to give, you know, to that in our personal brands this week and come up with a plan to post, especially during Left Tech Week. Let's let's talk about, you know, why water's worth it and what's our, you know, water legacy and look through and see, you know, what other types of uh, mentions, you know, that we can have in industry type events or campaigns that we're we're doing. I'm thinking manufacturing week because it's going on right now. Oh yeah. Um, but yes, it will be. We we'll actually be talking about manufacturing all of October. So it's manufacturing month. If you missed manufacturing day, no worries. We're going to be talking about <laughs> you that. You've got the rest of October to catch up with us, and we're going to be highlighting our manufacturing partners. Correct, Charlie? That's right. So. Look out for that on our social media. If you want to get involved with Manufacturing Month or any of these other things that we've talked about, tag us on social media at Empowering Pumps using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast, and we'll make sure to give you a shout out on the show. Well, I think let's go in. Let's talk some more about our partners. Into the news. This is a segment where we're going to be previewing news that will be coming out on the Empowering Pumps and Equipment newsletter this week. We're going to start out with our Industry Person of the Week, and I'm here to highlight Kapreet Singh. He's a mechanical engineer in the field of water pumps since 2005 and is currently living in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. At this time, Kapreet is the director of All Flow Technologies Canada. He is featured in our October issue of the magazine in our Day in the Life segment, and I read through that entire segment, and I picked out my favorite quote to share with you, Uh, but you definitely need to read all of it. But So my favorite quote from him, he said, quote, I admit that I never miss a chance to think or speak about pumps, even at home, which is truly my first love. I love Sonny. That's that's <laughs> what he talks about. He joins us for our video meetups and brings such a joy uh, to the discussion of pumps. So check it out and get to know him. Uh, he's a great asset already to us and our team. Okay, so in the news, I wanted to talk about Theory Bites, Suction Specific Speed by Maria Elena Rodriguez. Hey, Elena. Hey, yes, we love her. She's such a great, empowering woman as well. And she was our very first pump celebrity. Okay, but in her day job, she's the water engineering director with R&D and engineering at Indar. Okay, but she's been writing these theory bites for us. So what is a theory bite? It's a collection of basic hydraulic theory And, you know, during this, it will also touch on pump design and other areas of pump industry knowledge. And this week in our newsletter, we're going to be sending out the one on suction specific speed that could be also named at NSS. And it can be helpful when evaluating the operating conditions of the suction side of the pumps. Suction specific speed is used to determine what pump geometry, radial, mixed flow, or axial, to select for a stable and reliable operation with max efficiency without cavitation. We're going to talk about cavitation here in a minute. So I'll let you go ahead, Bethany. Before I move on to my story, 
Elena released several of these theory bites. So in the article that'll be in the show notes, um, you can click on other theory bites that she's released as well. We're super thankful to have her as a contributor, and you'll definitely want to check out her article. Okay. Like Charlie said, we're going to get into a little bit of cavitation. My article is What is Water Hammer? And it's brought to you by DFT, and it's all about water hammer. So water hammer is a result of pressure surge or high-pressure shock waves that propagates through a piping system when fluid in motion is forced to change directions or stop abruptly. But Charlie, when you and I were prepping for the notes, you told me an easy way to always recognize water hammer. Can you share that with our audience as well? Yes. And I'll give it in a fun example. When uh, we turn on the water and you hear, so like we do this sometimes in our shower or my in-law's shower, kind of makes this loud noise. Anytime that your water is making noise, this is a definite problem. So you need to check it out. Whether it's water hammer or cavitation, um, you need to make sure that you you know, get somebody to look at it because we don't want to damage our pipes. So uh, I just thought it was really funny because the more that you learn about these things, you see it in everyday life. And so check out the article to learn the, you know, how to properly diagnose water hammer, but know that it definitely is something that you can see in your everyday lives. Yeah. And so this piece of content that DFT has put together for us, they go over what is water hammer, the effects of water hammer, preventing it. And then they also provide additional resources from DFT valves. And they have several case studies, a blog series, a webinar. This really, this one piece of content, they've packed so much into it. You're definitely going to want to check it out if that's your field of expertise or you're looking to gain more knowledge, learn more about it you're definitely going to want to check out that link in the show notes. Or, you know, you could also read it in your newsletter that'll come straight to your inbox. Yeah. And make sure that you ask DFT to explain the difference between water hammer and cavitation via Charlie Matthews. <laughs> Maybe they'll answer us in their LinkedIn stories. We'll see. There you go. Everything's <laughs> tied together now. Look at us. Okay. We're going to move right on to the industry interview one of our favorite sections of the show where Charlie picks out an industry influencer, brings them to us and just picks their brain for everything we need to know from them to be successful in, in the industry. So who do you have for us this week, Charlie? This week, I interviewed Melissa Meeker, the CEO at the Water Tower. Melissa has over 29 years of experience in water resource management with an emphasis on alternative water supply development and research, workforce development, and public engagement. And you will know and find out when you listen to this interview just how amazing she is. And, and really, I was drawn to her first because she's got this creative, innovi innovative idea of bringing, bringing the water world together. So people that don't normally work together on a regular bringing manufacturers together, bringing the operator together to learn how a system may work, a water system may work. So actually, I shouldn't tell you the whole interview, but it was amazing. I was, I was like, <laughs> sign me up, take me to the water tower. And then I saw, you know, just all the other things that she is doing in the water industry. She's a speaker, just a dynamic person who has always loved water. So her 29 years of experience in water, she's passionate about it. And she absolutely knows what the industry needs. Um, and you'll know that after you listen to the interview. Without further delay, here's your interview.
Melissa, welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm excited to share you with our listeners. Uh, You've got such a great resume, but Melissa, go ahead and just introduce yourself and kind of tell them what your day job is all about. Thank you. Melissa Meeker. I'm the CEO of The Water Tower, which is a nonprofit organization located northeast of Atlanta, so in the Buford area. And, you know, nonprofit that focuses on a host of different things, but really the integration of applied research, technology, innovation, workforce development, and public engagement around water. And you've been in water for over 25 years, right? It, what drew you to get so involved in the water industry? Uh, I've always been focused on the water. I, on water. I actually, um, my undergrad was in marine biology. Um, and then I figured out that I needed to actually be able to afford groceries. So I pushed more right. to water. Um, and just, yeah, just sort of uh, worked in public sector, private sector, had my own business for a while you know, but all in the water space and really focused around innovation, uh, alternative water supply development, resiliency, those kinds of issues. So I'm curious because you live in Georgia uh, where there's no water, where, (laughs) where did you pick up that love for water? Uh, I was born and raised in South Florida, actually Tampa, and then spent about 20 years in South Florida on the East coast. But Georgia has great water resources. That's right. It's right. (laughs) Right here. I was digging in, Melissa, trying to find yeah, I know. <laughs> what was the connection there. Well, I, I'm fascinated. I love anytime, you know, you see someone who is, first of all, any entrepreneurs creating their own businesses. Let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, let's talk about the H2O Tower. So how do you get involved with that, you know, for companies, different organizations to be involved? What does that look like? Yes. So like I mentioned, we're a nonprofit. We are really focused on demonstrating technologies. So we have space with different water quality flows where people can bring in either their treatment technologies or their pumps and valves, different innovative things that they're developing and plug it into real life situations. So we have access to all of Gwinnett County's DWR's assets. So distribution collection system, three wastewater plants, two uh, water treatment plants, as well as other utilities that we're partnering with as well. So you can demonstrate new technologies. And when I talk about integrating applied research, technology, innovation, workforce, and the public, to me, the most one of the most exciting parts about the ecosystem that we're creating is that we've partnered with the Georgia Association of Water Professionals who does a lot of the state certifications, pretty much all the state certifications in the state of Georgia. And they're going to make this their Northern campus. So in any given year, we'll have a thousand operators going through the site. So it's water, wastewater, stormwater. You know, if you need certification credits and you're going to get those credits through GWWI, you're going to come or you have the ability to come to the water tower and get those same classes from the same great trainers that they have. But what we're going to do is drag you out of the classroom and put you in the field so you can see those technologies being demonstrated. So I'm hoping that vendors will use it sort of as a beta test site where they can throw out their new ideas and get direct feedback from those operators. You know, a vendor would never be able to visit that many utilities, which is unfortunately sales forces aren't that big. That's right. Uh, So it's direct access, but it's also that direct feedback. So I think the 
the boots on the ground are how we're going to get innovative technologies implemented. And the best way to engage boots on the ground is to show them what you got and let them give you their feedback. So if you're, uh, let's use pump manufacturer, because that's what I'm familiar with, with empowering pumps, and you want to showcase, uh, I'm going to say a, a progressive cavity pump into a water system, which was kind of new. I can't remember how many years ago, but they were trying that out, trying to see how that worked there. Would you need that to be proven before you got to the tower or, or is this kind of a trial? Let's try out yeah. this new pump to see if it works. Yeah. So this is a, a demonstration facility. So this is where you're going to, you know, take that pump out of uh, the bench scale and move it to full scale, or at least put it in a, in a real life situation. So we will work with DWR or whatever utility we're going to test with and the vendor to create a scenario. If it's not directly in the water treatment plant, could we, you know, pull off some water, run it through and put it back, back in. We can't obviously impact the compliance issues at any facilities that we use, but we do have a lot of flexibility in creating that real world situation for a vendor. That's amazing. I mean, really a game changer, Melissa. Uh, I know people want to be able to do that. They, there are some people that have testing facilities themselves that can do that, but to get the feedback from the operators is going to be huge. Right. Exactly. And I mean, and we'll be able to support in any way they need. Do they just need space? Then, you know, we can talk about that, what that agreement would look like. Do they need somebody to go out and, and check the piece of equipment daily, weekly, pull a sample, you know, whatever the case may be, pull in another piece of equipment like a flow meter that could actually, you know, help verify data. So whatever that is, we'll have that full suite of capabilities to support them in that real life application of their technology. So as you've been talking, I've been thinking about this, you know, from your bio that that says, you know, that you're the CEO of the water environment and reuse foundation, or you previously were what, what, I mean, I guess the reuse part of that, is that um, something that's driving you in this to make sure that we're using this water, we're reusing it or doing, you know, the best that we can with the water? Well, I mean, yeah, if you, if you want to get to what's driving me personally, it's that I, I firmly believe that as a, as a society, we don't value water the way we should. So anything I can do to bring attention, to push utilities to be more efficient, more transparent, more involved in their communities, you know, make sure that the technology and the digital innovation that we're looking at actually solves a problem for the utilities and the user groups um, are all going to help ensure that we're spending taxpayer dollars right and that we're creating this value proposition, if you will, in our communities. Without water, we would have nothing. So no economy, no community, no, no life, no food. So there's, you know, you've got that strong passion there that's, I guess, backing that up. So yeah, reuse yes. one part of that. For sure. I, I have chills. Uh, Bethany will get a kick out of that. That uh, you know, I've say it I say it many times, but it's actually true. I I, I have chills uh, when I get to talk to somebody who is passionate about water and kind of gets it. And the more that we can share that story with everyone on how valuable it is um, and how we need to take care of it, 
from the simplest things of, you know, not littering to really, really diving in and seeing how we can reuse the water better. Absolutely. Okay. So shifting gears a little bit, there's a conference coming up. I saw that you were presenting at WaterTech. What is that? What are you presenting on? Uh, World Water Tech North America. It's one of my favorite conferences. I am, it's a little early for us to present on the water tower, although I can't wait to present hopefully next year with some real, you know, success stories um, in terms of demonstrations that we're doing and things like that. But what I'm, what we're focused on with this panel is uh, implementation, you know, that digital transformation. So we've, you know, it's been talking in the last few minutes about new technologies but part of that and part of the focus of the water tower is really in the digital space. So I strongly believe that there are industries that have made great strides in smart technologies. The electric inter- inter- uh, industry is obviously the first one that we turn to. Water's been a little slower on that. And there's a number of really great reasons why we're more conservative in this space. But this panel is going to get into details on how, you know, the last six months and how has COVID really gotten utilities to think about digital technologies differently? What are some of the impediments, but not just the impediments, because we've had plenty of panel discussions about that. What are some of the solutions that these organizations that are going to be on the panel are bringing to bear to help that digital transformation so that we can be more efficient and more effective? And you'll hear us talk about uh, the value of water and how that plays into it, as well as how the boots on the ground are going to drive the transformation of the industry. So we actually had our prep call about two hours ago. So it's fresh in my mind. What we're going to talk about is very exciting. But some great people, I mean, Suez, Badger Meter, Denver Water, Xylem, AECOM, just a fantastic panel. Really excited about that. Yeah, and they're doing a lot of great things, so kind of this world uh, global perspective on what we can do to move towards this transformation and to make sure that, you know, communities have water. Well, we were just talking about the Brave Blue World as we're going to be presenting or they're going to be reshowing that. Um, And I know several of those players were a vital part of, you know, creating that film and getting that information out there. What would you say? I know, of course, speaking and kind of getting, getting people on board, but can you give us any, I guess, hints on kind of what, what has happened in the last six months and the positive for, for going towards digital? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I really think that, and I'll, I'll speak for the utility I'm, I'm most closely related to, and that would be Gwinnett DWR. A lot of utilities were extremely shy when it came, when it comes to digital technologies they wouldn't even use teams, you know, things that the rest of us on the outside are very used to. Now, almost every county meeting is done by teams and they don't even think about it. They just set it up. They click on it and they're like, oh, there you are. And, you know, have their meetings and and discuss really important things. So we had a number of utilities in the U.S. who ventured towards, you know, the plant's ability to function really on its own with people on you know, handheld devices and computers watching from afar. So they were socially distanced from the plant, um, but still they built not all the way yet, but will continue to work through that. So I think that the that where before we were very conservative in the things that we would consider doing digitally, this sort of expedited the process. So you've got over that first fear 
And now we're like, okay, this, this is actually working pretty well. What else can we get into? That's right. And it is, it's overcoming the fear, but with knowledge, it was, you know, we had time to, you know, figure out what systems will work, try to log in and take time to educate somebody else on how to log in. And, and I think that that's part of it, that most of the time when we're scared of something is because we haven't done it or we don't have the knowledge or the skills to do it. Not that it's really that hard. Um, it's just that we need the education to, to feel comfortable with that. Exactly. And, and I think when you think about things like cybersecurity and the privacy of data, you know, there are, again, a number of reasons why utilities are nervous, but now they know they can do it and they don't have to step so slowly to do it. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of utilities investing in smart technologies, seeing how they can make their systems better communicate internally. Um, and, and I think that's going to be great for the industry. Yeah, I completely agree with you. What? Well, I I feel like I've asked you the questions that I originally wanted to know about, Melissa. But as we've been talking, I'm curious, how did you get into this industry? How, you know, I know the love of water, but did you know, growing up, did you know, you know, that you were going to go down this path? Could you tell it like as a younger child? I, I Again, I, I think I always knew I was going to do something in water when I was at both the state of Florida and the water management district, it became very obvious to me that the traditional ways of, and recognize this is 10 years ago, really before the reuse, before reuse is a, now it's an everyday conversation, but 10, 12 years ago, it wasn't. Um, it became very obvious to me that the, the resources that we have, um, at least in South Florida, were so were so threatened that we couldn't afford to be a, a use it and, and waste it society, that we needed to think about things like water in a more holistic way. You know, it's a flat state, so what do we do? We work as hard and as fast as we can to move all rain off the land, all stormwater just goes out to tide. Um, water's used once, we're pumping groundwater, we're, you know, treating surface water for drinking water and we got to we got to figure out how to do how to con- connect all those loops and make a, a one water journey and we'd have a much more resilient and healthy uh, world if we did that so well georgia is so thankful that they have you right now <laughs> that is amazing um, and so you can tell i mean you're a driver for one um several you know these ceo positions don't come just flowing at people people know you know what you're what you stand for um, and then, you know, taking that entrepreneur journey, um, how do you feel like that's different? Uh, well, I was, I was blessed in my previous positions until this one to, you know, step into organizations that were well-formed. I'm not going to say I didn't shake them up a bit, but, uh, you know, we're definitely established to start from scratch, to start from an idea. One is just so incredibly exciting. Um, to really, you know, put put the bounds on what the water tower was going to be. I mean, we we I took ideas from different people and just sort of pushed it together and then put my team together and now we're making it a reality. So that is so exciting, but also frankly terrifying. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, it takes that vision, and you're definitely a visionary and an experienced person in water to see all those different communities coming together to make something that we need. 
but now I got to do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, I did see a press release come through just the other day yeah. where Siemens was on board, which yep. I thought was great. Yes, absolutely. So, and that's it, right? So you lay out a, a grand vision and it is a grand vision, but it's one that's going to happen. Uh, I promise you that. So then you can attract people like Siemens or Mueller or, you know, some of the large engineering firms that have, have stood right there from day one and said, hey, we, we want to be a part of this. We think what you're putting together is unique. And again, I think it's the integration of those pieces that are being done at great centers around the world, but they're just pieces. So pulling it together, I think, provides tremendous value to the vendors, the equipment manufacturers who, again, gives them access that they haven't had in the past. It allows other entrepreneurs to step into a space where you know, they need to get out of their basement and actually be able to talk to experts and have access to testing facilities. And then that workforce, again, with this great, it is a campus. I mean, we didn't even talk about that. It is a campus. It's several hundred acres with great facilities, laboratories, testing facilities with live flows, as I mentioned, where you could actually bring in a semi-truck with a skid-mounted system in it and hook up flows. Oh, I can't wait. Melissa, just, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Send me the invitation. Like, I have to see this. This is amazing. It, it, it is going to be amazing. So, um, you know, again, just, just creating something that is exciting and can bring people together. And even if we all change the way we're working. If this is the new normal, I'm sitting, you know, in my home office right now. Even if this is the future, we still have to get together to collaborate. We still have to get together to create effective teams. I also don't think, Melissa, you can do this type of work from home with equipment. You have to yeah, kind of exactly. be there and, and as you're designing it and putting it together. And, you know, ultimately we want them to run where we don't have to be checking on them all the time, but we need to know what that looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think if the water tower is that campus, if that is our way to create that ecosystem, uh, to bring the operators in with the engineers, with the vendors who are designing the systems, with you know, scientists who are researching those systems. Um, what a what a beautiful place. I mean, I wish I had come up with the idea myself. It is <laughs> amazing. So I can't say it enough. I, I think I feel very blessed to be able to share this to our network that you're doing this and to, to be a part of it. Currently, are, I mean, I assume you're looking for partners to be involved with it. Uh, how do they go about contacting you to be a part of it? Yeah, definitely visit the website which is uh, www.theh2otower.org. Uh, make sure you do an O and not a zero. It's H2O. And on that, you can see a description of our demonstration facilities. There's a demonstration form on there if you want to demonstrate on the campus. Um, we, are, we do have uh, partners that are, you know, organizations that have, have paid to be a part of us. We're, we're in that startup phase. So of course we're looking for funds. We actually have our first fundraiser, uh, October 20th, it's a golf tournament. So that's always exciting. It's a great way to socially distance and still support the organization and what we're trying to accomplish. And something to do for fun right now. Yes, so that's exactly. Also awesome. Exactly. So yeah, opportunities, go to the website. Uh, my email's in there. Kristen's in there. Chad's in there. We're all in there. And we, um, we're just excited to partner with Anyone who shares our vision. 
Well, I'm excited to do that and I'll be looking into it more and sharing that with our partners uh, on empowering pumps and equipment. Uh, One thing that we haven't touched on, but I think is phenomenal being a woman in our field, you know, mostly male dominated spaces, what we're talking about and that focus on uh, STEM or STEAM projects. I feel like you have this holistic approach in mind and you could really see all these different pieces and, and be able to focus all on them all at once. But I just, anytime we see a, a, a woman driving a company, I want to just acknowledge that how great that is and that you're a, a role model for all of us. Have you had anything that you, you know, as far as a woman in our industry that, you know, you feel like helped you be successful? Oh, uh, the list is, I know it doesn't seem like it's possible, but the list is very long. I have uh, some fantastic women that have inspired me along the way. And, you know, Kristen and I are doing our part to, to do that as well. We have networking sessions for females in the Atlanta metro region. We've had some, some great wine tasting events. It's been a lot of fun. And now we're doing a book club, not limited to women, but certainly that was our initial target audience. So we're doing what we can to provide, to help people hook up with mentors, to provide a little bit of guidance. I've got a few women that I'm working with. So yeah, I mean, women, you know, I, I could rattle. Supporting women. Is I won't do that, but they're, they're awesome. They, they are, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Just looking, looking at my career, you said 25. That, that, was, that was nice. I hear people go, over oh, 29 years now. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be stay at 29 forever. But t- 29 years ago when I started, there really weren't that many. Trailblazer. She's a trailblazer, like I tell yeah. you. She's a driver. <laughs> it's, it's great to look around now and see a much more diverse. Yeah, and I think water has that ability to kind of come first in, in a lot of that because we um, have that, this innate caring about our environment and caring about our surroundings and our communities that like is just in us as women, regardless of, you know, I never know if that's a stereotype or not um, that I'm putting on people, but I do feel like it's being able to care for our environment maybe drives us into, you know, the water industry. I know it definitely in me, I want to make sure people understand the little things that they can do to care for our water systems. Well, I have so much and so many action items afterwards to connect you with people and share this. But as we've been talking, is there anything else you want to kind of leave our listeners with? Uh, just that, you know, we're, we're open for partnerships and ideas and um, hoping that, that everyone will, will come and join us on this journey. It's, it's already been a crazy ride and it's going to get even better. Absolutely. Thanks, Melissa. Hey, thanks. Charlie for arranging the interview for bringing Melissa onto the show. I know that the audience got as much out of it as I did. And it's always great to hear from someone that's so passionate about the industry. Yes. And Melissa is just in Georgia. So I plan to just take a drive over there and see the water tower. That's awesome. Okay, so that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you all for listening to us every week. Do us a favor, subscribe so we show up every Monday on your feeds and sometimes in between for bonus episodes. Yeah, but we have 25 plus, 25 plus episodes. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Just started. How is this possible? It's amazing. 
Um, that's probably enough listening that you could get all the way to Georgia on, you know, just set it up from the beginning. (laughs) Okay. So y'all make sure that you reach out to us on our social channels. Give us a little encouragement at empowering pumps. You can also use the hashtag hashtag empowering industry podcast, or you can email us podcast at empoweringpumps.com. Quick reminder, Empowering Women 2020 On Demand Pass is available right now. It gets you access to all of the sessions and the the event app, and you can see participant discussion on each of the topics. Go back and listen to our Empowering Women episode that we did where we previewed the event if you want to know what you're in store for. One last plug, be on the lookout for our digital edition. If it didn't hit your inbox already, go to empoweringpumps.com. Go over to the right to connect with us, and there is your digital magazine. We'll be back every Monday with a new episode. So until then, be empowering. Okay, what do you say we just jump right on in and let's get social? I always pause so you can like sing or something, but <laughs> I know, sometimes I do it and sometimes I don't. I'm like, 